Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, March 11th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by a very special guest co-host today, Mr. AJ Shulo of MMAOddsBreaker.com. AJ, what's going on, man? Not much, Adam. Uh, happy to be chopping it up with you, talking all things UFC for this event. We're coming off an awesome pay-per-view. I'm sure we'll get into that. And then we got uh, UFC Vegas 21 on tap, so uh, looking forward to uh, looking into that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just before we get into it, AJ, I just kind of want people to maybe get to know you a little better. And even myself, I like to get to know you better. So, like, how did you get into this, man? How did you get into MMA and the betting side of it? So it's it's pretty funny. You know, I just um, I went to the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship back in uh, 2019 in January in New Jersey. Um, and I was just a DFS player before. So like DraftKings, I would play NBA, NFL, the whole the whole shebang there. Um, and then I qualified to the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship through a DFS entry. And so it was kind of funny because my whole goal was to get a, a live DraftKings contest. And lo and behold, it's betting and not actual DFS. And so I go there and I find out I really like betting. We're betting on the NFL games. And then when I came back from New Jersey, I just wanted to to explore MMA because I was really fascinated with it. And then the first ever bet that I uh, placed, I tracked on uh, betmma.tips, which is a third party tracking site that people mm-hmm. use uh, yourself as, as well. Yep. And I just I the, the wind started piling up and I realized that I, I could have some success at this and uh, just started really becoming a student in the game. And uh, yeah, a lot of lessons along the way, um, s- some failures too, but uh, I learned from them. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed the process of doing this every week, as, as do you and others as well. Yeah, I know. I love it. The, it's the grind, right? But like, it's part of the routine now. So were, you were betting on other sports, I guess, before I made it, like, I'm assuming like basketball, football, et cetera, or, or is this like kind of a new field for you the last couple of years? So when I first started, it was it was just MMA. When I went to that contest, it was uh, NF. We were mainly betting the NFL playoff games, uh, conference championships, I believe, or wild card games, mm-hmm. and uh, NBA as well. There was NBA going on there, so dabbled in that. And then I just it just crossed my mind. I'm like, you know what? I really I really love MMA. I feel like there's an edge in this market because it's less stats driven than say the other sports. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like the other sports, yeah. but I feel like there's there's a, a bigger niche than say there otherwise would be. So that's what draws me more to it. But but these days, still, I'm still fascinated with the other sports. I look into them as well. Uh, but but yeah, man, that MMA was was the first uh, got my foot in the door, and then didn't look back ever since. So what's your goal in this business, man? Like, do you want to be? Uh, I, I know you've been doing more writing. I noticed that Rotor Wire, right? So are, do you want to uh, go to the journalism side of it or is the betting thing more of like what you want to do or would you like to get more of the writing stuff too? Uh, both. Yeah, I just uh, – when people ask me that, I just say I want to stay as involved as possible. Yeah. So get out here, yeah. chopping it up, talking videos, mm-hmm. uh, doing betting content, uh, giving breakdowns, you know. I mean, give me all of it. That's that's basically yeah. my, my thought process. And, uh, yeah, my goal in terms of betting is like I just want to, to get as much – profit along the way as much units profits uh get a profitable year every calendar year i've done that two years in a row now um and yeah just just be a student of the game always learn you know i i think me and you were talking before in the dms just like you know if we were masters of this thing like we'd be bored by it and and it just wouldn't be fun to us anymore so um i'm really i'm really grateful that i get to you know just learn from this game it it never ceases to fascinate me and and i see myself doing it for a long time so uh love it yeah Yeah, no it's great man and like I, I think I noticed you um, with MAOB starting maybe last year. I think you started writing for uh, for Nick and, and our site. So, man, mm-hmm. you've been you've come a long way. I think in the last two years, probably ages. So, good job, man. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as your background goes? Like, do you, do you like do you have an education in certain field or something? Or it, it's hilarious. I used to always be a math guy. I was never reading and writing, and and now it's the complete opposite. <laughs> I read every day. I write every day. 
Dude, uh, it's this opposite for me because I'm an, I'm a writing guy. I, I suck at math, right? But I'm the biggest UFC stats nerd. Like I'm the biggest baseball stats nerd. Like I, I go through the stats with a with a comb. You know what I mean? So I'm this, I'm I'm like the opposite of you, AJ. But that's awesome, man. So like uh so you come from a math background, I guess you, you could say. Yeah, finance finances and insurance was my background in college, and I don't use that these days. It, <laughs> yeah. It's how it all works, man. But yeah, uh you mentioned it, fantasy pros, water wire. Yeah. Um I used to be terrible at writing, man. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, but it, it was. What's your me- advice there, Asia? What would, what advice would you give to people if they had to ask you? How would you improve your writing? What would you say? I would look at samples of people that are really good at writing and, and see how they structure their content, how they present it. Because, to be honest, it's it's unimpressive to if, even if your your content is good, the actual con- context of it. It needs to be formatted in such a way that looks presentable. If, mm-hmm. if it doesn't look presentable, people are, are not going to look at it, plain and simple. Your, your content is presentable. You, you incorporate in images. You, you space everything out. That's that's sexier to look at than, say, everything bunched in together. It, it just draws more eyes, and people will give you a chance to see how good your content is. In terms of the quality, I would just say keep try, trying. Trial and error. My, my quality was not perfect starting out. Far from it. Okay. So I would just say keep trying. Don't give up. Just take constructive feedback, learn from it, and then learn from others that are succeeding. And then you'll, you'll yeah. get to where you want to get to. Well, that's great advice. And for me, AJ, I've been, I've been writing about for 10 years now. So for me, it's just been um, routine, just doing it, keep doing it over and over. Like if you read my first article, I can I, I still read it. It's on Bleacher Report from 2011. I went to the first MMA event in Ontario. I'm from Canada, right? Where are you from, by the way, AJ? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. There you go. So I went to yeah. the first event and I wrote the article. You can see it. And actually, Misha Sirkinov fought on that card. He actually fought in that car, and he, I think he won the fight too by submission, if I'm not mistaken. 2011. So that was the first one I wrote. And if you re- compare it to like what I'm writing now, it's night and day, right? So it's repetition. Yeah. It takes time. Let me get some comments here, AJ. At first, I jumped on why I thought this was Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> so you suck at baseball, and you were okay at football, and you and you're a Bible thumper, right, AJ? That, that's him. <laughs> um, Marcus says, "I like what I've seen from AJ since he started with Oddsbreaker. Uh, the work ethic grinds impressive. I work the same way with my bookstore every day. Yeah." You guys are like me, man. Like, I mean, I work seven days a week, AJ. I don't take a day off. You know, I have a kid coming soon. I might have to start taking some more time off. But right now, I'm I'm gr- I'm in the grind, bro. I'm like, I'm so locked in right now, AJ. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you an example. On Monday, dude. Do you think I want to do six hours of tape study? Not really, but I I did it. You know what I mean? Because I want that edge, and I want my articles to be good. And you saw the difference last week. I'm putting way more effort into it now because now um, I have the responsibility of giving picks to people, which is something I've never you know did as a paid service kind of. Obviously, there's more to that. Just the picks is the the the, uh, the lead um, the lead fantasy, the whole DFS report. Like my my breakdown last week, Asia for two fifty nine was seven thousand five hundred words. You know what I mean? So like I went into super detail. I don't know if I'm going to do it for this card. I've I've already mo- wrote most of it. And the fights are not as interesting, I find. But when I get really into something, bro, I'm just like I, I'm, I'm I go crazy out of Asia. And I know you're the exact same. Like I get obsessed with it, right? Like I just get obsessed, and that's with me right now with with. MMA with stats, like the stats part is something I'm really obsessed with these days. Yeah, same. And it's the passion, man. That's what it yeah. is. People look at people look at us from the outside in and these guys, they're probably like, these guys are all stressed out. But like, we we love the grind. Like you said, we love it. Like, yeah, it's, I feel like I'm working hard, but it's not like this hard work where I feel like I'm, I'm it's going to waste. Like I, yeah. I, I enjoy loving the process and, and I love to watch tape and I love to sit down and look at stats like you and, and look at the whole nitty gritty of this whole thing, man. It just keeps us going. It keeps us interested in, and that's something that like we talked about beforehand. We got to be, in, you got to be interested. You got to be curious. You got to be a student of what you're doing. Uh, that is going to be the best way for you to, to grow in what you do and ultimately love it. So, so yeah, man, hundred percent with you on that. And stay humble too. That's another thing that I, you know, I've learned the hard way myself, man. 
I've had some huge scores and I got a little bit cocky and you, you lose and you learn from it though. That's the thing. You got to learn from it. I say to you, AJ, you either win or you learn in MMA betting. You don't really lose ever. You're learning. So that's, that's what I kind of do. Um, but the other thing I would say is, you know, do your own research too. Yeah. It's great to listen to guys like me and AJ in our podcast. You will listen, you will learn more and you will, um, you know, probably have a more educated pick by listening, but the biggest edge you can have AJ is doing it yourself, quite frankly. And, you know, it's, as much as I want people to listen to me, I want you to make your own mind up as well. You know what I mean, AJ? Like, it'd be boring if everyone had the same pick. I That's why last week I, I messaged you. I was like, yo, I'm going on a limb here and I'm taking you on. And I know I'm crazy. Everyone's going to think I'm nuts. And I, you were the only guy that was like, dude, I think this fight's closer than it looks, than some people think it looks on paper, right? So that was a pick that, you know, I had to stick to my read from it. So there's just so much that uh, that uh, goes into it, man. Let me get this comment here. Um, Josh Hainer, best place for MMA stats. I use UFC stats website. Like I, I literally use it for every single, I, I couldn't break. If you're listening to someone break down a fight and they're not using statistics from UFC stats, I wouldn't listen to that breakdown, AJ. You know, if someone doesn't know the reach advantage, if someone doesn't know the height difference, would you really want to listen to that breakdown? I wouldn't, bro. I only want to hear people that know every, like I'm this is my new philosophy, AJ. Leave no stone unturned. That's my new philosophy. I'm deep diving deep. Dude, I just watched Ryan Spann like third fight. Because I want to see how did he get knocked out. He got knocked out with those short elbows against the fence. Same thing. I wouldn't have known that because it says Tico punches. Because the guy hit him with the elbows, then he finished with punches. Now I know he's got a weakness to those elbows when a, when a, when he's shooting him for a takedown. Now I know that because it's 10 years back. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be talking about here. I just want to get these uh, comments here. Marcus right. says, agreed 100% with Adam's comments on being humble and receptive. Yeah, constructive criticism. Some of the best moves I made was listening to constructive criticism. Dude. Absolutely. And also have mentors, you know, and it's hard in this business because people are very selfish and they have made betting industry. I find there's a lot of self, but there's also a lot of people that, that will share their knowledge like yourself, AJ, like myself, like Nick, like our boss, Nick was a guy I've learned. I've learned from him for 10 years. That's the best mentor you could ever have in this business. So, you know, have that, have that, that support structure. That's important too, man. You know, you can't do it on your own. Really. It's, it's hard. Um, let me get these comments. Andre says, congrats. Thanks, man. And Alex as well. Thanks guys. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I actually want to do the betting theory thing second, but I mean, we're, we're jumping into it right now. Like, you know, there's just so much to look at. Um, you know, someone asked me, you were, you were listening to the podcast. She, the Claudia on, uh, elite. And she asked me like, what do you look for in these fights? Like, it was such a broad question. I had to answer it like succinct, but there's so much AJ. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at everything. Like I said, leave no stone unturned. Watch every piece of tape you can get. Watch every interview you can get with these fighters. Read every article you can get. Go to their Instagrams, everything. It all goes into that. And quite frankly, I've been lazy in the past. I'm not doing all that stuff, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going deep into everything. And I know you're the same way, man. Yeah, that's the way it's got to be. It's something that not everybody wants to do, but it's what you need to do to be successful in this. People will conveniently point to stuff that's said in interviews or what happens at weigh-ins and go, yep. This is how the fight's going to play out because this is what I saw at weigh-ins or this is what I saw in an interview when like really there are so many more ingredients to this recipe. Like you got to look at everything. Like you said, UFCstats.com. Look at film. Film is like something yep. that most people don't want to do. But let me tell you, film is the most compelling piece of analyzing a fight. Let me tell you that. Boom. You Thank believe you. In I'm sure Nick could attest to that as well. Uh, anybody else that's had success in this game, the best bettors look at film. It is something that, again, not everybody wants to do, but it is necessary for you to be successful in this game. And so where do you find film? YouTube. 
Yep. Everybody knows where YouTube is. There's UFC Fight Pass, which is just a few bucks a year. It's an amazing a, tool, by the way. I, I just re up for 95 Canadian dollars. That's like less than a cup of coffee a month, isn't it? Or, or like a day. I don't even know what it is. It's 10 bucks a month, basically. It's cheap, AJ. And yep. I've watched every fight back. You know what I mean? Like that, if you're betting on fights, that's the best investment you can make is buying UFC Fight Pass. I think you'd agree with me on that one too. Yeah, yeah. And and take the biggest thing for me, and this really catapulted my my MMA betting handicap process, is take notes. Take notes. Yep. You, oh my God, yes. You will save time. You will save stress. Literally, when we were researching this uh, UFC Vegas 21 card, I had notes saved for most of the fighters on this card. And what did I do for the film study here? I went back and maybe watched one, two fights for these fighters that we already have a lot of footage of, that I already had a lot of notes of. And I have a refresher on my notes. I get to see what they're like in the octagon one more time without having going back and watching four fights. And again, it's one of those things that everybody wants to do, but it's something that is crucial to being successful in this game. And so, again, when it's when it's a debuting fighter, when I got to dig deep, like on a guy like Mateus Nicolau on this card, where maybe I'm not as familiar with his you know, UFC run, I wasn't into betting back mm -hmm. then, I had to go back and look at that. But it's just, you, you're going to thank yourself, because over the long haul, you're going to save yourself time, stress, and you're going to make yourself money. You're going to be a lot more successful. So yeah. that, the things that, again, it, it takes effort. But like you said, avoid laziness. That's that's key to be successful. Not just this, anything. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that completely. Let me get these comments here. Andre says a motivated Adams is career. Dude, I'm the most motivated guy in the world right now. Like I'm, you don't understand. I'm like I'm working as much as I can. I'm working at least twelve hours a day right now, seven days a week. Like it's crazy. But I love what I do, AJ. I I love what I, dude. I've been in this game for ten years. You know how hard it was for me to get finally get this like success. It's been years coming, man. So I'm running with it right now. Kevin yeah. Scott. Hey, Adam, congrats on the news that we were going. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate that, man. What would you feel if your daughter wanted to be a fighter? I knew someone had asked this. I don't know how I'd feel if I were the father. Great question. That, literally, we didn't know what we have, AJ. So I go, we're at the, uh, what, like, she's doing the ultrasound, and, you know, I'm like thinking, okay, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And then she says it's a girl. I'm like, oh, okay, well, she's not going to be an MMA fighter. That was literally my first thought. She's not going into MMA. But if it was a little dude, I would be like, he's going to Muay Thai and wrestling. He's going to do all that stuff. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I probably would like to get her into like grappling. I think it'd be great if she knew how to grapple, like doing jujitsu, especially if some guy tried to attack her when she's a little bit older. You know what I mean, AJ? Like, I think it'd be great for her to, to know that, but do I want my, my daughter to be a fighter guys? No, I don't. I had a fight. I, it, it, it hurts, man. You get beat up. I don't want my daughter getting beat up. So Kevin, great question, but no. And he says he wouldn't want his dog to go into dog fighting. No, thank you. Uh, another comment for uh, Josh Hayner. I'm on AJ's email list. Solid breakdowns. Where do you get that, AJ? um ajmmabetting.com uh thank you for that josh yeah you could just there's a little mailing list subscriber all you need to uh uh icon by the way it, you, all you need to do is just put your name you don't even have to put your last name if you don't want to um and your email address that's it and then it's it's totally for free if that wasn't right. clear before for free you get an email automation boom in your inbox and that's uh essentially the same breakdowns you're even posting on twitter and your like images is the same thing or is it a little different exactly it's exactly the same just more okay great yeah and he does a great job with that you guys can see he had a few breakdowns I really agreed with. We'll talk about maybe a few of them. It's really hard for me. I can't give out my bets right now, AJ, because I have to give them tomorrow, obviously. But I can definitely give some leans today. You know what I mean? Um, let's get this last comment here. Andre says, are you a firm believer in a ring rust? Not really. I mean, I am. I do think it's real. There's no doubt. But it, it just depends. Like, Leon Edwards has not fought in a year and a half. Having said that, I think he wins this fight. You know, I just think he's not much of a better fighter. So it just depends on the fight. Like, yeah, generally, um, you know, fight not. I don't, have you read the book Fightnomics by Reed Coon? Have you ever read that book, AJ? I have not. You should read that book, AJ. I mean, it is a little outdated now. It's eight years old, but the stats, you know, back then, 
that's where I discovered like the reach advantage. That was the first book that showed like that proved that majority of fighters that have a reach advantage win their fights, right? So that that's an interesting book. Um, but one of the things I remember from that book was anyone with three over 365 days of layoff generally is more likely to lose. And that's something I've always kept in mind. But it, it's not a hard and fast rule because Dominic Cruz, when he fought Mitsugaki after four four years, knocked him out. GSP came back after a long time. But those are like elite guys. Leon Edwards, I think, is an elite guy. For the average run-of-the-mill fighter, AJ, I'll give you an example. Matthias Nicolau, he has not fought since, I think, July 2019. I think that's a huge issue going in this fight. I think Cape actually had the same problem in his last fight. He hadn't fought in over a year, and you saw the ring rust. I think we'll see some ring rust from, from um, Matthias Nicolau. And AJ cites like eight. What is it, AJ? Quickly. Uh, www.ajmmabetting.com. It's also oh, cool. on my Twitter bio. Like It's linked hmm. in there. So, yeah, yeah, just follow AJ on Twitter, guys. Um, let's talk about that fight that they announced, though, AJ. Uh, this is a new fight that was announced, guys, for this card. Okay, actually, quickly, Ben Rothwell versus Philippe Lynn. Dude, I was going to throw three units on Ben Rothwell. I absolutely loved him in that spot. <laughs> he was going to knock the fucking shit out of Philippe Lynn's. Philippe Lynn's was probably scared and didn't want to fight him, dude. I saw his interview with John. He was like, what do you think about fighting Brian Rothwell? He's like, well, you know, he's really big and strong. He's impossible to knock out. I'm just thinking, this guy has no way to win this fight. Like, he has literally no way. So that sucks. But they did add one more fight, AJ. Nazrat Hackbarast, who was originally uh, supposed to be in the card. Now he takes on uh, a short notice newcomer here in Rafa Garcia. Okay, so I know you've, you did your breakdown. Actually, I believe you shot it out on your uh, mailing list. So uh, let me get my thoughts on this fight because I've already seen your thoughts. Let me get my thoughts, AJ. So... I think Hapras is a very good prospect. He's only 25 years old. He's improving. He's got a lot of experience in the UFC. I watched his fights back yesterday. The Jober fight, listen, man, he got caught by a really powerful striker. Like, that happens. I don't like the fact he darted in like that. Like, that does scare me. Hopefully, it doesn't happen in this fight, but I think he's learned from that. We saw in the last fight against Alex Munoz fought a much smarter fight. That's a similar game fight to this, in my opinion. Like, this guy, Garcia, to be honest, I was very impressed, AJ. I liked his tape. He looked good. He's aggressive. He gets the takedown. He has some KO power. I liked what I saw, but. To me, this is a kind of a tough matchup. It's like he's fighting a top 20 guy in the UFC in his debut on three days' notice. Um, I'm not saying hack press is a lock, which, by the way, I hate that word. I hate that word safe, trust. I'm literally shitting my pants, guys, until the final bell rings in any fight, including a fight like Adesanya Blahovitz. I have, You know, AJ, you know what's crazy shit I've seen them make? Guys win in the last second of a fight? It's MMA. You never know, right? Anyways, yeah. as far as this fight goes, yeah, I mean – um garcia was impressive i just think it's a bad matchup for him and i know you're on hack press i'm on him too bro i like him too i mean the price is not we should talk about the odds quickly it was uh minus three what is it minus 360 plus 300 but that's a minus 360 that i think i'm probably gonna have to parlay this weekend aj because i do think he wins like i think he's like a 90 percent winner here it's just a bad matchup i think for garcia but i do think garcia is not bad and i think he does beat some guys in the ufc so what do you what are you thinking aj so yeah, I bet Hack Press here four units at minus three seventy five. Um, there, one thing that I'll say that people look at in the betting community, they they see a wide line and they go, "Well, this line's wide. There's no value on it." But I agree with you. I think it's closer to ninety percent, which would imply more value for Hack Press. Um, I looked at tape, and like you said, he's not only is he more prepared, more proven, much more tested at UFC level. He is a much better striker here, much much better technically, footwork, defensively, output, power. Um, Garcia, like he just kind of lunges with his punches, wild, wild hooks in the pocket, flat footed and striking exchanges, I think is a, a terrible matchup for him. Like you said, I don't like those words lock or guarantee yeah. or safe either, but I think most likely hack press goes out here and dominates this fight. 
Garcia has some wrestling, like you said. Yep. Pack pressed, he's a great defensive wrestler, I think, though. He yeah. could stall really well. Um, even if you look at that debut against Held, like yeah. Held is chained together multiple takedowns. I haven't seen any sort of wrestling out of Garcia to say that he does that. It, a lot of the times when he goes for takedowns, he's, he doesn't even go below the right waist. He struggled to take down Bond and I. Bond and I easily yeah. got the underhooks and chucked I him times. And even when he took Bond and I down, he couldn't keep him there. So, like, with this matchup, I think it's going to be one or lost in the feet where Nazareth is just much, much better. So, uh, yeah, I love Hackpress as a prospect, and it, even in hindsight, I think it, I, I love Tarukian, but the fact that Tarukian was like over three to one against him was a bit bizarre, in my opinion. Like, I still favored him there, but it was like the, the Israel Yan logic where I'm like, this fight is way closer than the odds indicate. So, yeah, but I love I love Hackpress as a prospect, and you know, Garcia, yeah. he could have some success too, but I, I just think this is a bad matchup for him. I agree completely, AJ. Like, I actually liked, I think I maybe I was a little bit more impressed by this guy than you were, which is totally fair. Because there's like, for instance, I wasn't impressed by Casey O'Neill when I saw her tape, and she went and dominated her fight. So you never really know. You really, you never really know. But you know, if you this is this is a great example of why you should look at tape, AJ. Because if you look at his record, he's undefeated. He's beaten some UFC veterans like Estevan Payan and uh, Humberto Bandene. And he beat the Rupert Early, who's kind of a name, and Chase Gibson, who's on Contender Series. So he's got these names on his resume, right? But then when you watch some of the fights, it's like Payan was, you know, at the end of his career when he beat him. Um, Bandene is a guy who was cut from the UFC. He's inconsistent. The Eric Gonzalez fight, AJ, I watched back, he was getting teed off on in that fight. And his opponent gassed out, and that's how he won. If Hackpress does that to him, he's going to knock him out, AJ. So I'm with you. I like Hackpress here. Um, I, I did the DraftKings price go up? I, I was looking last night before I went to bed, and I, I didn't see it. You mind checking? Or I didn't see it either. I could. No worries. No, that's okay. No worries. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that. What are you thinking? A finisher? You think by KO? TKO? I think so, because like you said, Garcia is undefeated, but I think there's just such a wide skill gap mm-hmm. here that, and Garcia is just very defensively liable. I think Hackrass could could knock him out. He's ha- he's knocked out guys that are historically pretty durable, like Joachim Silva. So I think Hackrass has got it. Yeah, I- I'm with you on that one. Um, let's talk about some other fights in the card. Again, can't really go into too many. We don't have like a ton of time here, but let's talk about this fight here. Um, and I tweeted about it this morning. Actually, just take this comment. Hackrass, a tiring style and short notice, dude. It's tough. It's a tough fight. Let's talk about this fight. Misha Serkinov, Ryan Spin. And I love the fight and I hate it, right? It's like one of those love-hate fights because, like you said, the first thing you told me was, like, that's a high-variance fight. Like, it is. Like, can this one go, go either way, guys? You know, Misha is definitely the more technical grappler. Like, he's amazing on the ground. He, I love Misha, man. You know, he's the best fighter, one of the best fighters from Toronto ever. Um, love the guy. But, AJ, his chin is such a concern to me. You know, that fight with Uzi Murray got hit with that short punch behind the ear. And even the fight with Glover, he just, he just like fell apart. It was so weird the way he just turtled up. Um, and the fight with Johnny Walker, I mean, that could happen to anyone. Like that flying move was crazy. So like, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one. But the Vulcan one really bothers me, bro. And Ryan Spann, yeah, his chin isn't great either. But here's the thing. I watched his fights back, right? I told you this, AJ, this morning. So if you watch his fights, Ryan Spann, his last fight is knockout loss to Johnny Walker. Those punches were all to the back of the head, dude. They were all to the back of the head. He was swinging hammer fists hurt the guy, and then he elbowed him to the side of the head, which was a legal blow. It was a brutal elbow. You could hear that elbow. It was nasty. It's like it's like his skull cracked. His other loss on Contender Series um, to Carl Robertson was via elbows against the fence, those short, nasty elbows. So he's got another TKO loss in his record. I went and searched the fight up today on YouTube, and it's also a, a loss via TKO punches, but I watched the fight. He got hit with those short elbows. So he's got a weakness there, something I wouldn't have known otherwise. I just don't think it matters in this fight because I only think that matters if he fights a guy he wants to shoot on. He's not shooting on Misha. 
He's going to want to stand bang. I just think he's got way better boxing, man. You, you watch the fight with Nogueira. I was at that fight, AJ, that nasty uppercut he knocked him out with. I know it's an aging fighter. If he connects on the team up, this guy is huge. AJ, I'm six foot three, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a heavyweight. I was at the airport with him when he was flying to Brazil because he was on the same plane as me. This guy's way bigger than me. Somehow makes 205. I don't get it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but I'm thinking spam by KO, man. It's just a high variance fight, so it's hard to like really go crazy on it. What do you think? So it's a, it's not a hard disagree, but it's a disagree nonetheless. Like I, Misha to me, I think is just the better fighter everywhere. I think he is the better kickboxer, uh, the better grappler as well, but I can't bet him even at this line. If I think he's better everywhere. Cause like you said, he's in my opinion, he's lost to guys that he's better than. I think he's better than Uzdemir. I think he's better than Walker. And this might surprise some, I think he's better than Teixeira. I mean, we even saw that in the Teixeira fight. He was boxing him up. And then you said, he took him down from the body lock and it was like no resistance. I mean, look, Teixeira is a great grappler. We know that. But like Misha is also a great grappler on paper, but he gave him literally no resistance. Tiago Santos gave uh, Glover a lot more resistance on the ground than, than Misha did when that shouldn't have been the case, at least on paper. So it's like this fight where like, yeah, Misha should be winning. But it's like if Spawn has a big moment, that could be the fight. Like he could just hit him with a big punch, like you said, on the feet because he hits really hard. Um, and then he could he could knock him out or maybe even finish him on the ground. I mean, let's. I mean, I had to watch. I've watched the Crute fight like three times already, mm-hmm. and that he was almost stopped there too. I know, I know, dude. Yeah, it worries me. Canada, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like he Crute was just pounding on him, and it's just like it reminds me of Tom Breeze. It's like he's a black belt on paper, but he does a lot of shelling when he's on his back. So it's just he doesn't control posture. It's just like it's you don't want to see that out of a guy that's so high level in terms of the grappling, but he's done it time and time again. So. As far as a pick goes, I'm picking Serkinov, but no way would I bet him because we've seen this so many times. You know, I, I looked at the under one and a half rounds, but I'm personally staying away from it. Um, it is a good fight for, for DraftKings, though, I will say. I, I really well, you have to play both sides of this fight, I think, right? Like, you have to have different teams with both sides in this one. That's some free advice I'll give you guys, but that's pretty obvious, too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm actually looking at the under, too, instead of a side here, to be honest with you. Even though I am going to pick Span, I'm looking at the under because – Dude, I, I just think this fight, Misha's got five minutes of cardio, in my opinion, at this point. Um, he was going to probably shoot right away. And does he get the takedown or not? And if he doesn't, he's probably going to get KO'd in the first minute. I think potentially Ryan Span can knock him out and get that first minute bonus too. So that's something to keep in mind. But again, it's such a high variance fight, right? It's tough. And I, you know, here's another thing. I, I don't know if it was you that tweeted or maybe it was uh, <laughs> Jinx of the Night. <laughs> I'm kidding. My boy Lock of the Night. I'm kidding. I just say Jinx of the Night because uh, <laughs> he's had some. Uh, Unsuccess lately, but I'm just joking. I love that guy. Um, you know, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, I completely forgot my 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 point of view. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He said, you know, you got to cap a fight for the skills, right? But you can't count for that one punch KO that can come at any time. I just think in Misha, like in this case, that's a perfect example of it actually, because Misha is the better fighter. I agree with you. I actually agree. He's the better MMA fighter, and that's what I'm looking for, AJ. But I think in this case, you can kind of account for that one-punch KO because you've seen it multiple times with this guy. He just doesn't have a great... Same with Jason Witt earlier on the card, another guy with a sketchy chin, in my opinion. These are guys that, yeah, I mean, they're better... Maybe they're better on paper, but that chin is such a problem, AJ. So that's another thing that's hard to cap, quite frankly. Like, yes, this guy's... Like, Misha's so good on paper, but the durability, AJ, especially when he lost to Volcan, that was such a shocker at the time. Like, it came out of nowhere. I know you weren't really around at that time, but... That was a big shocker for a lot of us. Like, we didn't expect his chin to be that weak. And he got hit in a, in a good spot. Not a chin, really. He's behind the ear. But, you know, it's one of those things. Anyways, uh, any more thoughts on that fight, I guess? Or, um, I mean, Locke makes a really good point in that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
I don't think I, I don't really back the guys where I think like they like their only way of winning is by by knockout. Like if I think the other guys just a lot better than them everywhere. Of course it could happen. There's Francis Ngano, Yoel Romero. They only need one moment to get the get the knockout. But uh when, when I'm handicapping a fight, I just tend to side with the fighter with more passive victory. So I totally hear everybody on spawn. I, I would be zero percent surprised if he goes out here and gets a finish, but my analysis tells me Serkinov's the better fighter, and that's why I, I side with him. And how come you're passing on the under? I'm just curious. Like, you, you think there's a chance it's going to be like the Alvi fight where it kind of drags on? or? Well, it's like this. I can't gauge exactly how good Spawn is off his back, and I think that's where Misha, a lot of his, like, equity is in finishing. Like, Spawn seems decent. Like, he's a, a threatening submission grappler, like, from the from the uh, like the guillotine position. But uh, but I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, to see Misha pass his guard. I mean, pass Krut's guard, got in got in the mount right away. Um, so it's like one of those fights where it's like there's a lot of unknown similar to Nicolau and Cop to where I'm like, eh, I mean, I, I don't feel that comfortable betting a fight where there's just too many unknowns floating out there. So my goal is to just watch it back and yeah, see. Yeah, fair enough. You can't bet on every fight. Like, I don't recommend doing that, by the way. Like, it's not a good idea. Um, this guy has a parlay of these six fighters. Like, I, I really stick to two fighters. Parlays, AJ. Um, I know you don't even do parlays, obviously. I don't think, right? Or do you maybe two two fighters? No. It's just yeah. that I've had man, I've had some hiccups when I've laid four hundred minus four hundred and stuff on guys. That's why I'm I'm trying to pair them together now. Cause when that happens, you really hurt yourself, you know. But in general, I, I'm with you. I mean, I like to stick to single bets. So this parlay could hit. I mean, there's that I'm picking all six of those fighters to be fair, but I let's be honest, guys. I mean, there's gonna be a parlay buster probably in there, Daniel. Like I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's, like I could see Angela Hill losing that fight. That's someone I personally, yeah, maybe do it again with Angela. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust her at that point uh, at that uh, price. And she's at, she's at minus. How is she minus three eighty? AJ, tell me how my, Angela Hill's minus three eighty. Why is there hype behind Angela Hill? Well, I think a lot of it is is people love rematches. You know, we we already saw the one fighter win, and and when you see a clear result the first time, people get really really excited the second time. We saw that against Por Poirier and McGregor, but and. Um, but it was weird. We, we've even seen it like D Benil Darius and Carlos Diego Ferreira. That line, that fight was lined very close despite the first fight not being very competitive. But the thing that people factor in is the the unknown factor, I always say, with betting. When you already have a fight that's played out, we saw how it went. It, it creates a lot of confidence in the betting community to say like, hey, this fighter has a very good chance to win. And I was on Poirier against McGregor saying like, this is a different fight. This is so much has changed since they last fought. And Connor's been so inactive. Um, it's really convenient to look at the first fight and see Connor just go out there and knock him out. But when you actually dig into the stylistic matchup, if a Connor wasn't going to go out there and knock out Dustin in rounds one or two, the fight was going to get sketchy for him based off his cardio tendencies that we had. And that was just a reality that, to put it bluntly, not a lot of people wanted to face. They're biased towards Connor, and I love Connor too. But when when you look at the DS fight, when you when you look at all these fights that basically get extended, what what happens to Connor? He slows down. He's very dangerous early on. He's a great fighter, but Poirier, much more, you know, he beat Holloway in five rounds. He beat Dan Hooker in five rounds. Yep. Like, these are the type of spots that if you see value in the underdog, you capitalize on it. But as it pertains to Yoder and Hill, I think Hill's just much better. She should be able to keep the fight standing where she's a better striker. But I agree with you. I'm not going to lay four to one. No, no, no. With Hill. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit one fight that I know you're betting on because I saw your, your pick on Twitter. And I'm with you on this one, man. I really like Gloria DePaula here. I'm very impressed by her. You know, I think she's. Dude, I she's like my well, she's dating my Brino Silva, but that's a girl I bet on. EJ, I think that was a bad beat, dude. I mean, she pulled, she grabbed the fence and got like. How often does the ref take a point from the first fence grab? Not, not that often. So she won that fight, other than the fence grab, right? This girl's cuffed in the same cloth. Nasty Muay Thai, amazing from the clinch. Nasty knees, brutal power. The takedown defense is a huge concern. 
That's the biggest concern I have. And I think she'll lose to better grapplers, but Jin Frey, what is Jin Frey even good at in UFC? Like, what has she shown that she's good at? Nothing. She lands like one strike per minute. Like, it's terrible, AJ. No output, bad ground game, no wrestling. Her cardio is good. I'll give her that. She's pretty durable. But, I mean, she lost to Kay Hansen, bro. That's a bad loss. That's a 21-year-old girl you should beat. She's 35 years old. She's taking on someone to Paul, 25 years old, AJ. A longer fighter, more devastating knockout power, trains at a great camp. I, I, I love everything about this girl. I, I mean, the, listen, I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, who do you like? And I'm like, DePaul. He's like, that line looks really hot. And I'm like, you didn't do your research. She should be a bigger favorite here, in my opinion. I love her here, AJ. I, mean, I know I'm blowing your spot, bro, but I love her, man. You you said it well. And, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that she's like a, a complete fighter or anything like that. I just, I'm placing the bet because I feel like she should be a bigger favorite than the odds indicate. And I think she's good enough at this particular point in time to beat Frey. You said it. She's a way younger i think she's going to be the more physical fighter in here a natural yep. straw weight she's even like strong for the straw weight standards i would say she trains with buena silva which i like and she has that same type of prototype fearless walk you down throws hard gets in your face volume like you said i think she will have the much higher volume than frey hits harder i think so i think for it's going to be tough for frey to discourage her from from walking her down and in the clinch just like Myra, she has the Muay Thai clinch, hard knees, hard elbows. So in the clinch and open space, I like her. I like her as a grappler as well. Um, in that contender series fight, she got taken down early by a judo practitioner, but she does a decent job of getting her hips back. She's very physically strong, like we say, and she's a really dangerous submission grappler. And like you pointed out with the Hampton fight, if this thing hits the ground, I mean, from what I've seen off of Topoila's back, like she's very good at controlling the posture. She throws up submissions from the front headlock, from guard. I think she could get put put Frey in trouble. So it's just why I placed the bet was like, it, uh, I just think she better she's better stylistically everywhere. The risk with the bet is like, is she ready for this test? My I eyes think so. I think so. I don't think Frey's yeah. like, like a big test. Uh, I'm not too impressed. I mean, I think she's past her prime. Five years ago, I think she would have had a little more success, but she's really small for the division, AJ. And like you mentioned, even if she did get taken down, she can get back up. And also she has that nasty ninja choke that we've seen, that the dark series that we've seen. That, by the way, her girlfriend submitted the girl on the contender series with. They train with Charles Oliveira, bro. Like, they're learning submissions. They're training with uh, Diego Lima, great coach at Shoot the Box. You see that with their Muay Thai skills. I just, it's just, this is what, this is this is the edge you get, AJ, I think, by watching the tape and digging deep. You find fighters like DePaulo and, and Silva that the general fans going to be like, who the hell is that? I don't even want to touch this fight because I know who that is. But me and you are like, these girls should be minus 400 favorites in their fights. Well, in this case, in this fight, I think she should be like minus 300. I really do. Um, I see Frey's path to victory just being, um, the you know, maybe durable and having better cardio and winning the second and third rounds. But I just don't even see that happening. I think she loses the first round for sure. Maybe gets stopped. That's the other thing. Is there a stoppage coming in this fight? Because the under two and a half, AJ, is like plus 300. I think there's a chance this girl could get a finish in this fight. What do you think? I'm not touching it. I want to comment on your point, though, about researching oh, five on the on the regional footage. That is a huge edge that you could get in betting. I remember looking into Kamzat Shemaev for his UFC debut against Chima, yep. uh, Phillips and getting him yep. at minus 245. Anybody who watched footage of Chemaev, you knew he was going to go out there and do his thing. But the line was that low is because people didn't want to look into him, at least at that point in the week. And it was floating out there for probably about a week or so. I tipped it out to, to the clients that I had at the time when I was, when I was at pay and everything, but 
that edge is always going to be out there because the, the UFC has more eyes on the product, just like the contender series And the masses will look at that footage much more than looking back on the regional scene. Like we talked before, just put in that work by just putting in the work, looking at what fighters are like on the regional scene, that edge is always going to be there. You'll be much more informed than the masses. So I love that you brought that up. And it's easier than you think. Like literally you go to YouTube and you type in uh, Gloria DePaula and then you, maybe you could type in her opponent's name. You can watch those fights. And I showed one of her fights the other day, the one that she just destroyed the girl from the clinch. And then, again, I know that wasn't a great opponent, guys, but – and I know Junior Frey is a former Invicta champion, but that's an Adam way. Like, this is a different division. AJ, the number one thing I saw is she could be out-muscled. We saw against Loka Lubunli, who's not even that big of a fighter. This girl is very physical, very strong, very big. I read your breakdown. I agreed with it. Um, so that's good. Uh did you have any other bets? I can't remember. Did you make any other uh, wagers this weekend yet, or you waiting for weigh-ins, I guess, or – just Hackpress and Depoila. That's probably going to be it in all likelihood. I like that parlay as well, AJ. I, I, I'm thinking about that one myself. Um, I'm with you on both. Like, I think they could both be bigger favorites in, the, in their fights, you know? So I'm with you on both of them. I mean, listen, it's MMA, guys. We all know everything can happen, but I do like both those fighters. And uh, when I checked yesterday, a parlay was like around even money. Like, that's what you want, I think. You want to make even money bets. Try to get more right than wrong, AJ. That's, that's, I think that's a good philosophy, you know? Don't go too crazy on, 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 on you know, one way or the other. Like, uh, it, it you know it is smart to lay juice sometimes for sure. Like like AJ said, if you see like he he sees value in hack for us at my because he thinks he should be minus eight hundred. So lay that lay that juice in that in that case. But you got to have that margin. I'll give you a great example, man. I made a huge mistake um, last year. Frank Camacho fought Justin James, and I thought Justin James took him on one day's notice. AJ, I'm gonna lay the juice on Frank. I'll lay minus three hundred on. Bad mistake, you know. That's why I'm being careful about this now. I'm trying to keep it to like around minus 150, minus 120, you know what I mean? Or, or plus money. But that's just my philosophy, you know, just because I got caught speeding. I call it getting caught speeding, AJ. I've heard, I'm, I know you've heard that term in the, uh, the betting community as well. Um, is there like any other fights in this card? Or should we talk about some news and stuff now? Well, well, one quick thing that you brought that was really interesting. We, we often remember the times where we, we failed in a certain spot and it could discourage us and make us forget about all the times where we succeeded in the exact same type of scenario. You brought up a point where you relay the chalk on Camacho and it lost, but there's been plenty of other times I'm sure where you've laid the chalk and it, it's worked out tremendously successful for you. And that's something that I, I need to work on as well. There, there's been times where spots in the past maybe discouraged me from, from making the same type of play when in reality in the long haul, that's the, that's a good long-term decision that I can make where, where there's more success to come there's more success that i had in the past so that that's always going to be another angle just just don't get too hung up in like the results just ask yourself before the, the fight actually plays out am i doing my homework am i making a good process here is this a good bet and then and then just seeing what happens with the results and and just let it ride that's great advice i thanks man i actually feel better now that you told me that um yeah. talk a little bit about news here uh actually some betting news we got uh, dana white is gonna bet one million dollars on ben Askren to beat jake paul do you have a side in that? Like, I don't know. Do you watch boxing at all, or like, you pay attention to this? Uh, the, the whole celebrity, <laughs> whatever. Go ahead. I I've seen enough to where I think Jake Paul is going to knock him out. Is is where I'm at. I mean, like, I understand. I've heard some people say, well, like, oh, well, Jake Paul, he's a YouTube star, and and Ben Askren, um, he's an MMA fighter. He should he should kick his ass. I don't see it like Askren striking has never been his strength. He's, you know, I, I get he's an Olympic level wrestler, but unfortunately at this, at, at right now, it, Paul is just younger, much younger, faster, the better hands, better technique. And so like, I understand the, the love for Askren, but if these two, if the, this boxing match goes down, 
I, I do think Jake Paul should be the favorite. I mean, am, am I laying money on this fight? No, but I, but I tend to agree with Paul being the favorite because, again, it's convenient to look at the resume of the guys in their fighting careers. But when you actually look at the tape of these guys, I got to say, I think Paul's just the better boxer right now. So uh, do you kind of see it the same way? I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think I don't think I can disagree with that. Ben is no professional boxing experience. At least this guy does. But what is knocking on a former basketball player, Nate Robinson, really mean? Like, I don't know what it means. And he knocked his other guy as a YouTube star. Having said that, like, the technique is there. The power is there. He's a great athlete. Him and his brother are great athletes. Like, they're from wrestling backgrounds, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, you know, Logan's been talking about doing MMA for a while. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, can, can he take a shot? Does he have a chin, AJ? I have no idea. Does he even have a chin? We have no clue. So that's why it's a really tricky fight to bet, I think, because this guy, like, at least Ben's been in – Ben's fought, you know, Douglas Lima, Lyman Good. Like, he got KO'd by – but as at all, and I get it, it's a different sport. It's hard to really know, but never really shown good boxing, right? And mm -hmm. all the videos we've seen, it's all like it's terrible what we're seeing. I think he's kind of hamming it up a little bit, AJ. I think it's probably looks a little better in the gym than what he's showing on social media, but I don't know how much better. It's not like this guy was ever a great striker. So, you know, the last card, um, I I just I watched it as a fan. It was entertaining. And that's all it looked for me. This is entertainment. I wrote an article about it. I picked Roy Jones Jr. as an underdog. He, he went to a draw. It was such a sketchy decision. Should have been Mike Tyson's fight. I was like, yeah, we'll take the push there. But uh, in general, this whole – listen, the whole thriller boxing thing, I'm going to watch – I'm obviously watching this fight, AJ. I will write about it. Do I have interest betting on this fight? No, because there's not enough information. And yeah. That's something that I love. I love – the more information, the better. Go ahead. No, no, you said it before. It's totally okay to just sit back and enjoy it. And, and that's what I'm going to do with this fight. <laughs> and look, if, if Askren goes out there and looks great, that's awesome. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I guess I'm 0% surprised that Paul's the favorite. I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Paul just goes out here and looks maybe even more comfortable than odds suggest. But but no way would I bet it. Like you said, there's too many unknowns. Yeah, so. and for Ben, I mean, it's a great payday. So, I, you know, he might just go in there and get KO, whatever. He's going to make a couple million bucks probably for doing it. Let's get this comment from Cole, one of the best guys here. He says, uh, one of my buddies was like, watch Asker get rocked, shoots a double leg and gets DQ'd. Oh, my God. At least there's no belt on the line. And uh, oh, Ken Shiro's in the chat, too. Um, hey, Ken Shiro, how's it going? He said he won uh, three 10-fight parlays. Man, you're the parlay king. You know, every time I ever did that, AJ, I've always lost, like, one leg of it. Like, so I just stopped doing it. Honestly, I was just like, you know what? I, I, like, a lot of people throw a buck or something on, like, a 10 or 15-fight parlay. That never – like, for me, that never cashed. There would always be at least one hiccup. So. I like to stick to singles, man. Like I like single bets on sides. That's what I like, guys. On a fighter, I will take on you know some uh, props or totals if if I like it. Like the span fight, I'm really considering that AJ because I think that's like a you know 75 percent chance probably that it does end in the first round, and it's minus 130. I think so. There's value. It's just that it's still risky because generally, like you want to take it over. I think instead of under 1.5, that you don't get much time. But in the heavyweight light heavyweight fight like that. Someone get finished. Um, let's get let's get through your thoughts on this one. I don't want to go too in depth on this because I've literally talked about it on three straight podcasts. Like, so I don't want to go crazy, but I haven't heard your thoughts. So go ahead, man. Your thoughts on Aljamain Sterling versus uh, uh, Peter Yan and and you know this guy Ken Shiro. Do what you're good at, writing a uh, high writing general. Dude, you're killing it, man. So don't don't do anything different than Ken Shiro. I'm, don't listen to me. I'm dumb compared to you. I, you hit your ten fight parlays, AJ. Your thoughts on that? I haven't been on Peter Yan, so this one hurt a little bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one, man. So. Here's what I'll say. The, the situation is, as it is, is unfortunate, right? We just, we, we didn't want to see the fight go down like that. Um, and it's, it's just one of these random things that, that happens in MMA. It's, it's 
you know, the last thing that I can recall that happened that was even similar to this was when John Jones need Anthony Smith, but, but it was uh, ruled unintentional. Jones got docked two points because there was some other uh, stuff going on in that fight. And so that was that my thing with the betting side of it is we see these sort of things happen where, where one fighter is, is dominating the fight where winning clearly. And for whatever reason, whether it's a DQ, a knockout, a bad decision right on the Georgia scorecards, it totally surprises us. We, we didn't see that coming, just something where it, it's going one way and then it completely flip-flops. Um, I've been on both sides of the equation. I was on Alistair Overeem against Jerzynia Rosenstruck, literally 10 seconds left, and then he wins that fight, right? He gets knocked out. I was on Curtis Blades, uh, not straight, but points handicap, which is a great bet that I'm, mm. I'm very fond of, uh, five and a half. But he was Blades was beating Lewis comfortably, and then, and then Lewis knocks him out. So – the way I view it is if it's a, from a betting perspective, it's a, if it's a DQ, if it's a knockout over the long haul, you're going to get calls like this that work for you and against you. It's not we were we're hung up on it right now because it happened recently. The more we get away from that event, the, the less it's going to be in our minds. It still could be there, no doubt about it, but it's going to be there less. And so the more we play this game the more we will get, you know, some, some pleasant calls and maybe ones where we go, Oh, we got a little lucky there or maybe not so lucky. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way I approach it. I'm not too hung up on like, again, well, if people really like Jan, they're going to rematch it looks like. And, and so they could get another chance to bet Jan. So like I said, there's, there's, I don't know that there's so much to, to learn from it. Cause it was just such a, a an unfamiliar uh, or, or such a, a weird result, yeah. but it, it just just look at it from the long haul. You get some of these calls for you and against you. So I, I wouldn't personally get too hung up on just this one result. Just look at the big yeah. picture. Today. No, I, I agree. Listen, I, it's a bad beat. It's a bad beat. It's one of the worst beats in anime history, in my opinion. But I was I moved on from it five minutes later. You know, from a betting perspective. Now, from a journalist perspective, this is something we're still talking about, AJ, because I think there needs to be a rule change where the, the belt cannot change hands via disqualification. That that's the problem here. It's not that Yom was DQ'd because. Listen, he deserved to be DQ'd. He, he did an illegal shot. But I just think the whole giving a belt to a guy that was getting his ass kicked seems really weird, man. I, I don't like that. Let's get a comment from Alex. He says, the best thing for 259. Dude, he said that like two pay-per-views ago. I remember writing about it. He said, we're finally getting to beat a fight. They're just going to rebook the Yair fights. That's a fight they've been wanting to rebook for a while. I think they're just going to do that. Probably. Uh, sorry, what did you say? No, I said probably. I agree. Yeah, with you. yeah, yeah. I think so. And I, I like that fight. Just that you know, there's been a lot of issues with Yair running from Usada and uh, allegedly. Um, speaking of two fifty nine, report came out eight hundred thousand worldwide buys. I mean, that's pretty solid. Here's the thing: everyone's saying this means Israel's not a draw, dude. First off, I checked, and the last pay review he did UFC two fifty three seven hundred thousand worldwide buys. So this actually did more. Jan's not a draw, okay? Not at all. Even though I love him, he's not a draw. Nunez is not a draw really either. And Jan's not really a draw. So the car was on Israel's back. Yeah, if you compare it to Connor and uh, Dustin, that was 1.6 billion. So it's half of that. That's not good, right? But Connor gets such a bump. You can't compare him to Connor. You know, I think 800,000 is a great number for the UFC. I mean, sure, they wanted a million, AJ, but I think that's pretty solid, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, like you said it right there, people will conveniently compare it to the Connor card when we know Connor is the biggest draw in the sport and he's fighting Dustin Poirier, who's one of the bigger draws as well. Um, Israel will get there. I mean, this this fight to me doesn't really tarnish his legacy at all. He, he took a risky fight. And unfortunately, it didn't go his way. But my thing is, uh, like, yeah, it's a, it's a great draw. I had a good time at the event. Um, it was, I mean, I personally, I do find Nunez a big draw. I mean, she's 
been she's beat the who's who. I mean, there's really not a huge challenge for her. It's it's good for her that she could still find challenge within all these fights. And that's what that's part of the reason why I think she stays great. But um, three title fights on the line. Like, look, I mean, it, not every pay-per-view is going to sell a million, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Basically, we'll, we'll just see. I think the, the UFC is getting only going to get more eyes on its product as time goes on. People are getting more and more familiar with the sport. People are asking me about the sport now. It's on ESPN. So the familiarity with the sport is only going to get better. We're only going to see these numbers grow, uh, go up. So I think it's only going to be a matter of time before we see a card like this eclipse a million pay-per-view. A million I, agree, I agree with that too. Yeah. The sport's getting bigger guys. Like, I, I noticed that too. Here's the question. Sorry. Hitchero says that 800K is a lock. It's saying you can't buy pay-per-view outside the ESP network. So what it said was 600,000 in the States, 200,000 worldwide. Um, and you're right. I mean, I don't know. How, like in Canada, we have to buy it. Uh, we don't get ESPN plus. So you'd have to buy it via UFC TV or via your satellite provider, I guess. Um, but in the States, I guess you, like the only option now is to use ESPN plus. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. So, and that's why everyone's complaining about the streams and stuff. We'll, we want to get into that. Um, Israel says is a stand-in for John Jones. John Jones is a steady seven hundred thousand. Exactly, John Jones. And I love the guy. He's the best fighter ever, in my opinion. He really wasn't a massive pay-per-view draw. He was a big pay-per-view draw, not massive like Connor or GSP. Now, actually, that's a great point because in the day since the fight the other night, AJ, um, you know, Israel was saying that the, the plan was to go up to heavyweight, have the beat on. Now Jones is like, "Yo, dude, you got exposed. You have no takedown defense, and you have no offense off your back." And that's a great point I thought he brought up, AJ. He did nothing off his back in that fight. He just laid there for the last couple of rounds. Um, I was, you know, and I picked John. You know I picked John, AJ. But I was actually even more disappointed by Israel than I thought. I thought it'd be, like, to me, it wasn't that, I don't think it was that competitive, honestly. I think John won, you know, clearly. Um, I thought Israel, you know, would have a little more tricks up his sleeve. I'm not sure what happened. We didn't really talk about that fight, AJ. What, what were your thoughts on his, his performance and Jan's performance in that fight? Look, I mean, this was the the another spot where you had value on the underdog, and I'm glad that you 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 bet it. This is another Connor versus Dustin Poirier two yeah. spot where, where the public is so high on one side that it almost takes away from the one fighter, even though it's not a bad style matchup for him. The odds that we that we saw for that fight over two to one Israel would imply that it's a, a good style matchup for him. But we were talking about beforehand, he doesn't have this this long reach over Jan like he typically does. Jan's a, a far more technical striker than some of these guys he fought. He was going to be bigger than Israel. I know that you could fire back and say Israel had the speed. That's fair. But but Jan, better grappler as we saw there as well. So to me, it's a fight where it's like, I guess the result isn't too surprising. At least, you know, Jan won fairly comfortably, especially when he got in top control there. But it shouldn't, it should, I guess, like you said earlier, reduce people saying words like lock and guarantee in the betting community because literally anything israel was undefeated in pro mma prior to this fight and he lost but does it take away from his legacy in my opinion no he's still the middleweight champ he's beaten the who's who at that weight class it just tells me that against a guy like jan blahovitz it's a really tough fight for him and just like the john jones fight would be for him if john jones gets in the clinch takes him down that would be a, a, another difficult fight for israel we saw he taken down get controlled we even saw that in the marvin vittori fight in round three his he's got good first layer takedown defense but if you actually put him on his back you're you're taking away from his striking threat obviously and then now you could rest in top control especially if you're a bigger fighter than him so with john jones i think where he's coming from is like 
I don't really, I'm not really big on fighting Israel as much as I was before because he sees that this isn't this big challenge for him. I think John Jones right now, and this is purely speculation. I don't know him personally whatsoever. He wants to challenge himself. I think that's part of the reason why he's moving up to heavyweight. He he doesn't see this this big challenge at light heavyweight, and that's part of the reason why. Personally, I think that these some of these fights that he's had recently have been a lot more competitive than maybe we thought going into them. Could there be a chance for regression? Sure, but I'm not ready to say that yet with Jones. There's been enough greatness nope. for him to where. I mean, again, I, I could be totally off on this, but but Jones, I think, wants to be challenged. And when he saw the performance like that Israel had against Jan, he doesn't feel like Israel would be a big challenge to him, whether that's true or not. So that's why I think he he kind of made the comments that we were talking about beforehand that, you know, he, he wants to, again, move up to heavyweight, challenge himself, fight Steve Air, whoever it is, and then and then see what happens from there. But, yeah. but that's what I speculate. That's what I suspect is going on right now. I agree. And like what he said was your boy has no takedown defense and no offense off his back. His plan was definitely going to just take Israel down and beat the crap out of him with those elbows. Like, that was what he wanted to do. Look at this comment. Okay, sure. Remember, Adam, I bet Jan plus 240, great hit there, man. And, or sorry, to beat Dominic Reyes, too. Yeah. You did actually have that one. He smells the hype train. That's the big, that's another thing, AJ, you got to talk about. Getting off the hype train before, you know, it hits that last stop. And I was on Israel all his fights. I was 9 0 betting his, betting his fights. Now I'm 10 0. And I just, you had to look deeper. You know, you have to look at that layer deeper. Like you said, that's a great point. The first layer takedown defense. Well, first layer of research, the second layer, the third layer, deep, diving deep, right? Finding those small edges like we talked about. I'm just seeing if there's any other news. Was there any other fights you want to talk about though this weekend on the card? Um, I mean, the main event's pretty interesting, Edwards. Yeah, and- that we didn't even talk about crap. Um, I <laughs> I love the fight. Yeah, I know. There's so many fights, right? Like we're talking about span and the circuit all this stuff. We should talk about main event. Uh, love the fight. I mean, to me, you know, watching Bilal back, he's so underrated, man. He could be a lot of guys. You know, he's got a great double leg takedowns. We see it time and time again. If he gets to the ground, he's got that back control. He's really good at it. Um, decent boxing. But to me, you know, he's got good cardio, obviously. To me, he's just way too hittable and a, a lot slower, I think, in this fight. Like, I think that's the biggest difference, the speed. Edward's so fast, fast with his jab. The ring rust, like Daniel mentioned earlier, that's obviously a concern, but it's not a concern enough for me, AJ. I think I'm going to have to pull the trigger on Leon. I haven't decided yet, but I'm thinking about it because – it's like, yeah, he's always had a long layoff, guys, but this guy's 29 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He looks in amazing shape. He's ready to go. He's had four training camps because all these fights keep getting canceled. I think he'll have a good performance here, but, you know, Bilal is a durable guy um, coming off a great performance himself. What are your thoughts, man? So Leon is pretty much better everywhere. Um, that's the way I see it. I, the layoff doesn't really concern me. I was betting – I bet Makashev big last fight. Yeah. Yep. If the the stylistic matchup is is great for the guy, I don't really think the, the the layoff really matters all too much. And so Leon is more athletic, like you alluded to. He's a better technical fighter. He more proven resume. I mean, he beat Luke, whereas we saw when yeah. Muhammad fought Luke was different. He beat RDA in five rounds. He beat Cerrone in five rounds. And so yeah, like from from a betting perspective, I'm personally passing on it. I think that the this is around where I would cap Leon. I got Leon around pick him near RDA around pick him on yeah. Gunner, and I was on that. But, but for this match, I'm going to kick back and enjoy. The only guys in the division that I'd honestly comfortably favor over Leon would be Colby Covington and Kamar Usman. That's yeah. it. I think Leon is that good. So Me too. I think I'm going to him, but I think Leon wins comfortably. And what I said in my article, and it'll come out tomorrow in the lead, it was like the, I said, this guy looks like he's ready to fight for a title right now. That to me, when I watch him fight against RDA, he looked like uh, he's ready to fight for a belt. That was two years ago. Um, you know, he's, he said the right things. You know, I'm, I'm getting better in training. Like he's staying in shape and. Um, I think he's going to have a good performance here. But again, Bilal is an underrated guy. I just think, again, such a bad style matchup. It's one of those fights where it's like Leon's good at everything that Bilal does, but even better. You know, I would say Bilal probably is the better pure wrestling AJ, but we've seen 
Leon, not only does he have a good takedown defense, but if he does get taken down, he gets right back up to his feet. He's very hard to keep on his back. We did see it against Claudio De Silva seven years ago. That's the guy's night and day. Actually, I bet on Silva in that fight years ago. That was a good one by me, but that, you know, that, I wouldn't do it now. Leon's a guy I bet on every fight. Like I bet, I bet on him. I think every single fight he had, the eight fight win streak. I love the guy. He's great. So get yeah. this comment. I'm so mad. Cruz for being my boy. Yeah, I, I had Kenny too. That, I knew that'd be close. I should have passed on it. It's okay. Oh, sorry. Daniel says uh, Bilal's only passed the KO. He doesn't have KO power. Exactly. He, and his chin, man. I'm telling you, he, he's taken a lot of damage in his career too, dude. And I think this could be a fight where Edwards gets a knockout, AJ. Honestly, I I wouldn't. Everyone's saying play Edwards' decision. I wouldn't. I would stay away from those the, that kind of specific prop guys. I could see Edwards finishing Bilal. I don't know what your thoughts on that, AJ are. He does pack power, does Edwards? Especially, I love that that shot that he lands on the break from the clinch that he yep. kept, that he landed on Nelson, almost knocked him out. But with Bilal, he kind of reminds me of Li Jing Liang, where he's actually he's tough to actually knock out. But we've seen him rocked in so many fights yeah. against Simon Good. Uh, Alan Juban rocked him bad three times in that fight. Dropped him. Joban, right? Um, yeah. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked. The, the thing that I like about Leon is he is a composed fighter. If he has you rocked, he's not going to go berserker on you. Um, but but it is a possibility. I, I do I do think it's well within reason. I think so too. And everyone's saying, you know, take Leon a decision. It could hit guys, but I'd be very careful with that. Actually, what is Leon by knockout? Just because I think, you know, no, no one's thinking that way. Leon by KO. Where is it? Um... Plus three fifteen. Nah, I don't really like that either. I'll just I'd probably just end up parlaying him somehow. Let me get to the last couple of comments, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get out here in a couple minutes. We're almost done. Thanks for thanks for joining us, AJ, for the past hour. I appreciate that, man. Um, Marcus says, do you see value in the underdogs the first round of the Bellator late heavy tournament? Gotta do this really quick. You know, um, are you do you cap Bellator too, or do you only cap uh, UFC? I do Bellator as well, but full disclosure, I haven't really looked into the the future events. Fair yet. enough. Yeah, you know what, the, guys? I mean, it's 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 still a month away. It's a great card though. I'm looking at it right now, AJ. We have uh, Ryan Bader's minus 325 against Machida, plus 265. That's a rematch. Seems kind of high. I mean, Machida did knock out Bader, and Bader's coming off a knockout loss. Um, the other fight would be Corey Anderson against – I can't pronounce this guy's name, honestly. Do you want to try pronouncing his name? Type in Corey Anderson and try to pronounce his opponent's name. I have no idea how to do it. Dov Letzikan, Yajimagurov. I'm sorry, guys. Um, he actually opened as the favorite? That's so weird. Okay, because I've never heard of him. Um, sorry, until I know who he is now. Marcel told me he's an ACA champion. He's actually very good. Corey mm. Anderson doesn't have a chin, but he's got the best wrestling probably in this division. I would besides Bader, right? Like he's one of the best wrestlers, and, and Phil Davis too is good. Um, and then the other fights we got, it was uh, Anthony Johnson Romero as a pick'em, and then Phil Davis is a plus one fifty dog to Nemkov, who's the champion right now. I'll, I'll I'll probably end up capping this too. You know, I'm so busy right now, guys. Like. UFC is 100%. My, UFC is the big leagues. Let's be honest, AJ. UFC is the big leagues, right? But Bellator is great too. There's great fire. So I guess, you know, actually, I'd love to have you back on, AJ, maybe in April. You can uh, break the fights down with me if you have time. That'd be great, you know? Yeah. Um, let me just get these last couple cons. We'll get out of here. Uh, can't show. I'm not betting Leon versus Bilal. Uh, he, has, he doesn't like the layoff. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good reason to pass. It really is. Um, because of the level class, I think so too. <laughs> Don't bet on Russian fighters. They take dives. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what that comment. Anyways, um, and oh wow, the line dropped by the way. Blahovitz and Glover, it's now down to minus one fifty for Jan. It opened at minus one ninety, so there's some early money, I guess, coming in on Glover. Yeah, it went from minus one ninety, and now it's down to minus one fifty three. Ages, so I just noticed that line. Early money's coming in on Glover to share, who you think uh, is not even as good as Misha Serkinov. So. I'd imagine this is going to be a, a, a four-unit bet for AJ come uh, September or whatever these guys fight. 
anyways, I think that's going to be it for today's podcast, guys. I just want to thank AJ again for giving us this uh, time. Appreciate it, man. And everyone who joined us in the chat today was awesome. Love to get you back on sometime, AJ. You brought, a, you brought the game today, man. It was great. So just plug yourself one more time. You got about 30 seconds left. Go ahead. Yeah, it was awesome doing this with you. Looking forward to doing it again uh, on Twitter at AJ underscore S-C-H-U-L-L-O. Contribute to MMA, OB, like Adam said, Fantasy Pros, uh, and Rotowire. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the event, and best of luck. Yeah, best of luck to everyone. And for me, follow me on Twitter at Martin. Podcast is twitching times next week, guys. Going to 4 p.m. Eastern after uh, after work, because I'm starting my full-time job with DJ Penn next week. Um, so, yeah, 4 o'clock is going to be the time starting – Starting, starting next Monday. Uh, Monday, Marcel's going to join me for the recap of this weekend's card. And on Tuesday, uh, Marcel's going to join me again, and then we'll see you both Thursday. Uh, appreciate it, guys. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Enjoy the card.